Alhamdulillah 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 Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu may yudlilhu fala hadiya lahu ونشهدوا لا إله إلا الله ونشهدوا أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنأوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا صبروا وصابروا ورابطوا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ وَلِيُوَثِي My beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. وَنَسْتَعِينُهُ. We seek His help. وَنَسْتَغْفِرُهُ. We seek His forgiveness. وَنُؤْمِنُ بِهِ وَنَتَوَكَلُوا عَلَيْهِ We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. We seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. We bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And many more and many more. And my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the exact same question I ask every single time I stand before you, especially now that we're finishing up the semester, to take a look at yourself and ask yourself what is changing, what is changing in your heart, what is changing in your relationships, what is changing in our society, and what is changing in our world. Again, all over the world, ongoing atrocities, every place we look, and at the very least, what is this a reminder of? that you and I will be returning to our Creator, in some cases, earlier than we may think. And so at the very, very least, look at each of these pieces of news of atrocities, of murders, and even of natural disasters, as a reminder that I will be returning to Allah, you will be returning to Allah, and there's no way around it. And even think about how much you thought about your judgment today. This is something that should be on our mind again and again and again. And then bring it closer to home, look at what is happening in our society. The president tweeted a bunch of videos purported to show Muslims killing Christians, Muslims destroying Christian sites. And thankfully, many people in our society spoke against this. But what is happening in our society is there are many people who are at war with us, whether or not we are at war with anyone, and there is no sign of let up. And unfortunately, there are people on the other side who are also pursuing war. And there is nothing much to say about this, except that you and I, in terms of our relationships here, should keep them as strong as we can. And speaking of relationships, take a look at the nature and the condition of your relationships over the past semester. So many times people come to my office, so many times students come to my office, with relationship issues, relationships that are breaking, or relationships they want to break, or they feel betrayed by someone and do not feel compelled to fix the relationship. And the Prophet, may peace, the, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had even told us 
to be cautious, to be conscious of your relationships because those are the things that break nations. When relationships break, nations break. Meaning what? That this connects or this spreads, that if it is easy for you to break your relationships with friends and family. And it becomes easy in your society to, become, to break relationships with friends and family. And that spreads and spreads, and then you don't see an importance in keeping relationships. Let's take the point a step further. When the Prophet ﷺ was migrating from Mecca to Medina, we speak of it as the hijrah, but think about, meaning the migration, but think about what is taking place. He's going into exile because his own family members were rejecting him. That his own family members, his cousins, the people who should understand him better than everyone else, they are getting rid of him to the point that they decided that they had to kill him. But then take this point of relationships even further. Where did the Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stop before arriving in Yathrib? He stopped in Huba. Why? Because he had family there. That it's in the culture of many of our past back home cultures that if family is in town, you go and visit them. Or if you're near family, you go and visit them. And that is exactly what the Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, did on his way in the Hijrah, escaping people who are trying to kill him. He is still making time to visit family. And then the Quba becomes the site of the first masjid in our tradition. But let's take this point even a step further, speaking about our relationship with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It is that time of the year that two things take place. One is that in our college, they start celebrating the birthday of a prophet, and then in our community, we have conversations about the birthday of the prophet, may peace be upon him. Someone from, from the Phoenix just interviewed me, asking me, what is it like to be a Muslim? And all this Christmas stuff going around, and I said, well, it puts me in the Christmas spirit. I, go, I grew up here, this is nothing new. And perhaps many of you can identify that when I would wake up, in and during Christmas break, winter break, I'd be watching all those Christmas shows, whether we're talking about Frosty or Rudolph or whatever the else uh, the rest of the stuff was. I could probably take this moment to recite the entire Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song to you, and I'm sure many of you could do the same to me. But think about when we celebrate the birth of the Prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him. When I was growing up in Chicago, Way back in the 70s, this was a common practice in our community. And to give you an idea of how much our community has changed, one of the oldest continuously running, uh, continuously running musters in Chicago, the NCC, its first vice president was a non-hijabi female. I think she just passed away very recently. Today, that is inconceivable in terms of the type of conservatism that has grown in our community. And then what happened in the 80s, is that our community started getting a bit more conservative and strict in some of the rules and started pushing out things that were deemed to be innovations. And this continued in the 90s, and part of the reason was that you had many people who came to America to become engineers and then went overseas into the Middle East to get better jobs and then came back. And they became more conservatives. These were Desis who came back Arabicized, but they became more conservatives than the Arabs themselves. Anyone who knows Arabs can tell you that Arabs are not really all that conservative. Anyway, so my brothers, my beloved brothers and sisters, now those conversations are returning. So very briefly, I want us to think about what does it mean to celebrate 
the birthday of the Prophet, or what does it mean to oppose the birthday of the Prophet? The mistake that many people make is, number one, that in the same way that our Christian brothers and sisters have made Isa alayhi salam into the divine, that if we do the same by celebrating his birthday, we will do the same. See how many examples, any examples you can find throughout Islamic history where the Prophet, may peace be upon him, is being worshipped. One of the wisdoms behind saying sallallahu alayhi wasallam, every time we hear his name, what are we saying? May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So every time his name is being said, you're being prevented from worshipping him. How? By turning to Allah immediately after mentioning his name. May the blessings of Allah, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So right there from the start, you're being prevented from worshipping him. And take the point a step further, that we regard Allah Ta'ala as Al-Khaliq, meaning the creator. And then the theologians say that even if he created nothing, Allah Ta'ala would be Al-Khaliq. But when we speak of the Prophet wasallam, he is makhluk, he is creation. And as long as you understand that, that the Prophet, may peace be upon him, is a creation of Allah, you can elevate him as high as you can possibly imagine, and he will not reach Allah Ta'ala, because he is a creation of Allah. And the next issue comes, what about the spiritual significance of celebrating the birth of the Prophet, may peace be upon him. In our books of fiqh, in our books of the interpretation of the sharia, in our books of fiqh, we have a few categories where every action is placed into ibadah, mu'amalat, mu'asharat, siyasa. So ibadah would be the acts of worship, those things that are categorically defined as acts of worship. No one has the authority to categorize something as an ibadah except for Allah Ta'ala. And thus you all know the acts of worship, whether we speak about the shahada or the salah or the siyam or the zakah or the hajj. These are the acts of worship, the core acts of worship. And then when we speak of mu'amalat, this is social interaction. This is where you get into the conversations on things like marriage and divorce. And then when we speak of mu'asharat, these are the business transactions, loans, the conversations on interest, which scares everyone, is also in this category. And then siyasa. Siyasa is politics and governance. And what I'm saying is that we do not categorize the celebration of the birth of the Prophet, peace be upon him, as ibadah. If you do that, then you're making a mistake. Okay. It is not fard, it is not wajib, it is not sunnah, it is not nafl. Okay. If you categorize it as an ibadah, then you are doing something wrong, then you are doing an innovation in worship. And you do have this criticism. Sometimes there are people who go all out and celebrating the birthday of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, but they don't make their daily prayers. That's a fair criticism. On the flip side, for some people, this is their doorway in. Yes, every single one of us, we are obliged to fulfill the fard. We are obliged to stay away from the haram. But you and I know every single one of us in this room are at different levels. And it used to be that on Fridays, we had this thing called Friday Night Revive, even though it took place in the afternoon, 
where we do Milad of the Prophet, peace be upon him. We'd be celebrating his birth literally every Friday. We can't find someone who can organize it this week. If anyone wants to come forward, let me know after tomorrow. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Having said all that, what are you celebrating when you're celebrating the birth of the Prophet, peace be upon him? Number one, you are celebrating the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. That as great as the universe is, so think about how great the earth is itself, and bigger than that the solar system, and bigger than that the Milky Way, and bigger than that all the clusters that we're part of, and bigger than that the universe itself, the human being is even greater than all of those things. And the greatest of all the human beings is the Prophet, may peace be upon him. So when you're celebrating the birth of the Prophet, peace be upon him, the first thing you're celebrating is the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in creating this person. <clears throat> and who is this person for you and I? I've mentioned before that one of my favorite ayats of the entire Quran is the second to the last ayah of Surah At-Tawbah, where Allah Ta'ala is saying that he raised the messenger from among you, and it is heavy upon him when you are struggling. What are we saying? That when we speak about relationships between you and I, what is a relationship? It is not a Facebook friendship. It is not an Instagram follow. And then I found out yesterday or two days ago about something else called Finstagram. It is not even a Finstagram follow. What is a relationship? When you are sharing a piece of your heart with someone and they are sharing their heart with you, which means you are helping to carry their struggle and they are helping to carry your struggle. You know, mashallah, we have Muslims of all sizes and shapes. Of course, almost all of them in this room are brown. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? If you were to turn us inside out and you were to look at our hearts, you'd see that every single one of us is carrying our own struggles, not just academic struggles, but personal difficulties, family difficulties. Maybe you lost someone in your lifetime, or maybe you're having struggles in a relationship. Or maybe you've been betrayed by something, or you've lost something else very valuable to you. Or maybe you're ill, or someone close to you is ill. Or maybe it's just fear of the unknown. Every single one of us in this room is carrying something. And so when we're celebrating the birth of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we're celebrating the birth, the creation, of this person who taught us how to interact with each other. Remember the people that he's visiting in Uba were not Muslim, but they were his family. Okay. And then how was he with all of his companions? That if someone came asking him for help and if he had something to give, he'd give it okay. selflessly because he knew that the struggles that he's being hit with are coming from Allah, but so too is his rizq his wealth coming from Allah. So sometimes when we get afraid of giving, we're afraid, I don't, I, need, I don't need this wealth today, I didn't need this wealth yesterday, but I might need it tomorrow. But the source of my wealth is also the source of whatever is gonna hit me with struggle. And what else is the nature of the Prophet, may peace be upon him? He was brutally honest. I'm sure I've shared before one of my favorite stories, another of my favorite stories, where a companion whose name is not mentioned comes to the Prophet and asks him, peace be upon him, do you love me? as much as you love Abu Bakr. Now think of the Prophet, peace be upon him, how much he loves everyone. And he said, no. 
Do you love me as much as you love Omar? No. Do you love me as much as you love Uthman? No. And he kept going through the list, but he loved every single person according to that person, according to the relationship with that person. And so don't ask me, do I love you as much as I love maybe handsome or whatever the case may be, okay? Because maybe you'll get a correct answer. But I hope that what you see from me, at least in some sort of action, is trying to fulfill that model as your teacher, and in some cases your enemy, no, I'm, I'm just kidding, but as your teacher, that trying to model that love of the Prophet may peace be upon him. So deeper than that, what are we celebrating when we celebrate the, the, the birthday of the Prophet, may peace be upon him? We're celebrating this tradition of love in our community. When we started removing all of these practices in our community, we also started removing love in our community and left only Islamic law. Islamic law is one of the foundations of our practice. But Islamic law is like a river. And then the, the ihsan is the water that travels through the river, meaning the love is the water that travels through the river. If you get rid of the water, then all you have is an empty ditch. And thus, Islamic law becomes lifeless. But when you have this goal of connecting to Allah Ta'ala by way of love, by way of longing, it is easier to understand how to develop love for the Prophet, peace be upon him. So what is a way for me to develop love for Allah? Love those whom Allah loves, starting with the Prophet, peace be upon him, and then extending to all creation. And what is it that can help me develop love for the Prophet, may peace be upon him? Love those whom he loved, his family, his companions, and then all of us. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? In the most simple, simple sense, when we are celebrating the birthday of the Prophet, peace be upon him, beyond the greatness of Allah, beyond the perfection of what we're being taught through him, is this central practice of love in our tradition. And this is what I'm hoping that many of you will share with each other in a halal way. Anyway, now let's take a moment and ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet, may peace be upon him. Very often when we read the Quran, if, especially if you're not someone who's accustomed to reading it, meaning in translation, if you don't understand the Arabic, we're often looking to see what is it telling me to do. And as you and I know, only a small percentage, not even 10% of the Quran is giving instructions on what to do. Most of the Quran is telling you how to think. Now, if you look at the Qur'an through the lens of love, what do you discover when you go through Surah Yusuf? And you all know the story of Surah Yusuf. He has this dream. His father tells him, don't tell your brothers. And then the brothers, meanwhile, are thinking, why does our father love him? We're so much bigger and stronger. They, they, they take him. They dump him in a well. He gets found in the well, sold into slavery, so forth and so on. At one level, Surah Yusuf is a story of two prophets, Ya'qub and Yusuf, may peace be upon them both. But what else is it, is, is it a story of? The struggle that every single one of us will go through. Sometimes you might have difficulty with your family. Sometimes you might have difficulty with strangers where you feel literally like you're at the bottom of a well and you have no idea how to get out of it. And so forth and so on. But what else is it? It's a story of different types of love. It's the love of the father for the child. 
It's jealous love, the brothers who want the love of their father. It's narcissistic, because the brothers are thinking, we are so great, we are so big and strong, they're so full of self-love that they can't comprehend that someone would love someone other than him. With the wife of the Aziz, we often miscategorize this as lust. It's actually awe. That Yusuf is so beautiful that people are taking leave of their senses, that they're in awe of this beauty. And this is another type of love we call this ishq, this passionate love where you can't even take control of yourself. And so many of the poems about the Prophet, may peace be upon him, are speaking about ishq, this passionate love to be near him. And the story moves forward. Also, if we think about the mu'minun, the munafiqun, the kuffar, same thing. Either you can look at them according to their aqidah. These people believe in Allah, these people reject Allah, these people are hypocrites, so forth and so on. But what is the quality of the munafiqun? If you look at every single time they're described in the Qur'an, every single time the hypocrites are described in the Qur'an, number one, you always see them talking. Non-stop talking. And they're almost always talking about themselves. And what am I saying? That what is my biggest obstacle preventing me from developing love for Allah, for the Prophet, may peace be upon him, for his family, for his companions, and by by extension, every one of us? It's this battle between love for myself and love for the Creator. Love for myself might be love for dunya versus love for the Creator. And so a simple way to test yourself is when you're praying, ask yourself how much time of that prayer you actually spend thinking about yourself. Don't do it while you're praying. Think back after you're praying. Because chances are, a bit of it might be about yourself. All of us get distracted in our prayers. Shaitan's goal is to get you to get distracted in your prayers. But ask yourself, how much do you think about yourself? If you think about yourself 50% of your prayer time, that's a hint to you of the condition of your heart. If you think about yourself 100% of your prayer time, that's a hint of the condition of your heart. The ideal, which I have never reached yet, is 0%. So think about that. So what is, again, one way for me to develop focus is not to focus on my thinking, but to focus on my yearning, a point we've made quite a few times. Think about the yearning you have for Allah. Think about the yearning you have for peace and tranquility. Think about the yearning you have to get through these next two weeks to get to the other side of finals. I'm under the weather right now. It makes it easy for me to have yearning just because I'm tired and I don't want to stand. And so that automatically is a yearning. So going back to the point that every single one of us carries some sort of pain, some sort of worry, tap into that and then direct that to Allah as longing for Allah. And one thing to really long for is that on the other side that we will be in the company of the Prophet, may peace be upon him. So what does Allah Ta'ala tell us about him? Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim O Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the, the peace and blessings upon them all. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana 
Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqim as-salam. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar.